evening to you all. Welcome once again that we can visit in your home and be part of what God is doing on the face of the earth. What an honor to serve you tonight at this PM service. We had a phenomenal service this morning. And as people were watching during the day, they sent messages to say thank you. The word helps them. It's a now word. It's a word that can transfer you from where you are, where you need to be. Because this whole of July month, we're speaking on growing, sowing, and going. What a powerful thing. Because it's to come in alignment with God's assignment. Now, we want to say welcome to everybody that watched the service tonight live and that we are part of this Lofdal broadcast. And as a family, we're not just church members and we're church family. We are a family. And because we are a family, we understand the direction of God. We also want to pray for all the people that lost loved ones and the Devere family who lost their daughter this uh, Friday night, actually. I think she's 17 years of age. Yesterday, Lucas died. And this afternoon, my cousin uh, died. And uh, so we all go through some stuff and emotions and battles. And we pray for the Snayman family. And we pray for the Devere family and for Lucas and Rose or Rose and her family and everybody and all the pastors, man. But we know that we still have the word to hold on. The fact that we are alive is a sign. God's got a great assignment with you. Everything God does is big, is great, is huge, is phenomenal. That's why he said, I called you for the nations, make disciples of the nations. Abraham, <laughs> I've called, make you the father of nations. You are called for the nations. Say, I am called for the nations. And this morning we spoke on a phenomenal subject and last week, and we showed you when you more concentrate on the problem, how bigger the problem get, but how more you concentrate on God's word and on faith, how smaller the problem get, and you will triumph victorious. This morning, we spoke on a phenomenal thing that helped everybody. Now, when I share a word, I don't preach for people. I preach for myself because I need to apply the word myself. The gospel is not do what I say. It's I must practice. I must model this kind of word. And I made a statement this morning, and I'm going to help you. Because we need to anchor it in the rock. And since we've been anchored this morning in the rock, when the storm hits and everything happens and the rain comes and the wind, that the house will remain standing. And you are God's house. You are the container of his presence, his power, his glory. You contain phenomenal ability and capacity inside of you that God wants to utilize on the face of the earth because I'm going to end tonight and showing you the six very reasons. Now, the things of God is not complicated. <laughs> Many people think serving God is a very complicated story and the Bible is complicated and revelation. No, nothing is complicated. Jesus knew the end from the beginning. 
And that's why when everything starts, you know exactly how it's going to end. Because he numbered the hair on your head. Now, for a lot of people, you don't even need to count. They don't have hair. <laughs> he knows our real age, our real weight. I always say it. And ladies, the real color of your hair. So God knows everything about us. And because God has made up his mind that he has no thoughts to harm you, listen, and to give you a future filled with hope. Hope is a powerful word. Now, I, I, I said the thing this morning that Lofdal is a first century church. Listen, <laughs> for a 21st century world, that's what the church world needs to be. It's a first century church to go back to the original. And that's important. Now, I said this morning, the deceptive enemy of doing is loving the Lord with all of my strength. Listen, and it's just by listening and not be doers of the word. I say, I love God, and I hear, and I say, yes, 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 I hear, I hear, I hear, I hear. But I'm not doing what I'm hearing. That's a deceptive enemy that we need to cancel out and start doing. If you love God with everything, you will be active in the word. Now, Peter comes and he shares a powerful word because we speak about growing. In other words, somebody one time explained it awesome. He said, everything God has for you is like a crown. And you cannot put it on your head. You need to grow in it. Grow, grow. Now, healthy people grows automatically. Healthy Christians grow. They're not stagnant. They don't live in the past. Paul says one thing, I forget about the past and I go forward. Not one of us on the face of the earth can change six o'clock. Now it's a few minutes past six. Not one of us can change six o'clock on July the 12th, 2020. You will never see it again. You will see July 12th, 2021 and 22 and 23 if <laughs> we're still alive. But listen, that's why you cannot live in yesterday. Let yesterday just be a teacher and producing of wisdom of what you went through, what you experienced, and make a quality decision. That what you have learned because your comeback is never out of a defeated position. It's, it's out of an experienced position. What I have experienced, now I know not to make the same mistakes. And now I know what can take me higher and make me better and not better. Now, Peter comes with a word because growing is a very important thing. And a lot of people are stuck somewhere. They're stuck at the cross. They never went forward. They never went onwards. <laughs> they, they stuck there at repentance and maybe baptism, but they never went forward to become mature people. By this time, the Bible says you should have been teachers. Why? And now that's what I'm going to read out of Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 and verse 1, he says, so be done with every trace of wickedness. And then he's got an instruction list. And in verse 2, he says, like newborn babes, 
Listen, oh babies, you should crave, <laughs> be addicted, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterate spiritual milk. He says that by it you may be matured and or nurtured and grow unto completed salvation. Since you have already, listen, tasted the goodness and the kindness of the Lord, come to him. Verse 4, then to that living stone, which men tried and threw away, but which is chosen and precious in God's sight. Come and like living stones be yourself. Bold. <laughs> Say, I'm a living stone. Now I'm a living stone. And a living stone, he said, to be bold into a spiritual house for a holy, oh my word, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Christ. Now, this is a mouthful of truth. This morning we use the book of James and we tap out of James' truth, being doers of the word. And he told us certain powerful things when you're in a storm and you're anchored, how you can make it and come out victorious and more powerful than ever before. And this is what Peter now tells the Christians because this letter was not written to the heathen. It was written to Christians. This was the same Peter <laughs> who said, I don't know him. I, Lord, I'll die with you. I, I will never leave you. Nor, Jesus said before the cock crow, <laughs> you will deny me already three times. Now, this is very powerful. That's St. Peter. Now, the story about Peter, when Jesus was resurrected and uh, was Mary came to the grave and he did something because Peter is now back in his old ways, catching fish. And Jesus said, go and tell my disciples and Peter. Oh, my word, that thing I preached many. Dr. Pete Quirinoff, that time I was part of the church. He was that morning in the service. Now, you know, he was actually a doer, And he said, I've never heard the word like that. Go and tell my disciples and Peter I have risen. Why and Peter? Because God knew with Peter's experiences. Listen, he will be the man that will explain what happened on Pentecost. <laughs> now, never look to your past failures. Never look to your past mishaps. <laughs> Let that go because go and tell my disciples, tell the world and every person that's listening that I have risen. That's Jesus. Now, he, like he told Peter, so guess who was the first evangelist? Mary. Who was the first announcer? Mary. <laughs> she went, she ran with the resurrection message. Oh my word, so powerful. And here that same Peter, he said, grow up. <laughs> we said this morning, Charlotte Cronk always said, grow up or God's going to throw up. Book of Revelation. Because you're not hot, or cold, but you look warm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. 
It's the lukewarmness that God is dealing. God's not the author and the creator of confusion. But when confusion comes, when the enemy tries to stir something up, God will always turn that around. And I've said, I use the example, sweet honey comes out of the carcass of the dead lion. That's what I preach at Nikki van Avestaysen's funeral. Listen, <coughs> and the sweet honey comes out of every calamity, every situation, every battle you face, sweet honey is going to come out. If you keep your mouth in line with the word, and if you still desire the unadulterate word to hold on by word <laughs> so that you can be <laughs> a giant in the Lord. And that's why he, he, he goes on and he, he keeps preaching now. And then he says there, he says, as priesthood to offer up the spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. For thus it stands in scripture, behold, I'm laying in Zion, chosen, honored, precious, chief, cornerstone. And he who believes in him, who adheres to and trusts in and relies on him, shall never be disappointed or put to shame. That's the life of faith. The just shall live by faith. <laughs> if he withdraw himself from the faith life, my soul shall take no pleasure in him. Hebrews chapter 10, 38. So it's an instruction to live by faith. Now the other translation says, and we quote that this morning, and I quote that quite often, my righteous people, their life shall be sustained by what they believe, by their faith. Now, we know what is faith. Faith is God said it. I believe it. Now I react. I become a doer of that word. He says, he shall never be. Never be means never be disappointed or put to shame. To you then who believe, who adhere to trust in and rely on him who walks by faith, who lives the faith life, is the preciousness, but for those who disbelieve, it is true. The very stone which the boulders rejected has become the main cornerstone. Oh, my word. And the stone that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense. They stumble because they disobey, not doers of the word and disbelieve God's word as those who reject him were destined, appointed to do. Verse 9, now the reason that you need to grow up, you have a prophetic promise, and God has awakened over this word. Now he activate and give that power injection, if I can call it that way, of your identity. But you are, not will be, not maybe, it's now already, it's in the present tense. You are a chosen race, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, oh my word, a, a dedicated nation, God's own purchase special people. Now, what's the reason that God 
gave us all these things to identify with that he calls us a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, listen, a dedicated nation to God's own purchase, special people. He says, and this is a reason. Now, God never makes a statement without there's a purpose involved. He said, because you are this, listen, that's growing, sowing, and going. He says that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him, capital Jesus, who called you out of darkness, oh my word, into his marvelous light. <laughs> That's why you are the light of the world. Shine, baby, shine. <laughs> Once you were not a people at all, but now you are God's people. Once you were unpetite, listen, but now you are tight and have received mercy. You have received mercy. Now, this is a phenomenal word. Once you were in darkness, you're no longer in darkness. <laughs> you live like slaves and like orphans. Now, you have the opportunity as a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, to live as the sons and the daughters of God. Now, this is a phenomenal thing because a son and a daughter are led by the Holy Spirit, not by emotions, not by money, not by opportunity, not by titles, not by your gifting, not by your anointing, not by how eloquent words you can share and how good you can preach and how I can stir up a group. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, you are led by the Holy Spirit of God. That's why this move we are in. It's not only a move of the word. What did I read out of Isaiah this morning? God says through the prophet, I will give you my spirit and my word. A combination of the two. If I have word and no spirit, I'll dry up. If I have spirit with no word, I'll blow up. But if I have the spirit and the word, I'll grow up. And that's what God wants us to do, to grow up. Because when I'm a grown-up person, remember when you were young, you wish you were an adult. And uh, when you were an adult, oh my word, you discover you wish you were a child. You had the protection of your parents and your siblings and everything. And now you are a person of responsibility. Now that's why if you really want to grow up, Make that quality choice and decision. Because when Peter says, but you need to, that talks about a very powerful word. And the word is transitioning. Now, we hate the word transitioning because that means change. And transitioning is you change from where you are where you need to go. If I go to Joburg, Johannesburg, I need to transition from Cape Town where we, it gets in the winter early, dark, 
But in the summer it gets early light and late the sun sets in Cape Town. Joburg, a complete different culture. The Free State, KwaZulu-Natal, the North, complete different here in Cape Town. We are happy-go-lucky, friendly people and laid back. You know, here, uh, I'm here for, what, 41 years and I still battle to get what, if they don't do it today, tomorrow, if not tomorrow, next week, and if not next week, next year. I cannot, but, but this is transitioning. And we hate that change. I can, the longest I've been in Joburg, I think is three days. The longest maybe four days. But then I want to come home to Cape Town. <laughs> now, this is the thing, what Paul was saying. Because the process now, the word, the meaning of the word transition. Now, transition also, where a lot of people I've discovered and a lot of messages I get if I have to sum it up in the time that we are in. They are in transition, but they are actually, they feel trapped in a situation. It's amazing how the coronavirus have an effect and the lockdown. On so many people. I've got texts here that people send. They hardly came to church. Now they say we miss the church. When is the church opening? And I said we've got a, a, a multinational uh, big church. What 50 do you ask to come and what 50 not? <laughs> uh, that's why it's not you know worthwhile. We need to get the whole body there. That's why we share on the medium that we are now with the, the, the media that we can tell and visit in your homes and be part and make you part. Now, I was thinking this afternoon, it's wonderful people that don't belong to the church because we're never going to stop these broadcastings. They can be part of the media church of <laughs> the media family. Wouldn't that be exciting? Listen, now what happens here, the meaning of the word transition is... It's the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. That word change comes up there. In Afrikaans, verander. It's amazing. We want everybody to change. But we never say, I need to change. Now, I've learned nobody around you is going to change until you change. <laughs> The government's not going to change. We need to change to change the government and the atmosphere in this nation. Come on, somebody. And if we can change ourselves into the image of Christ and to fulfill the great assignment, the process of growing, growing. Now, you can be an adult and act like a child. <laughs> I always use it. I put my thumb in my mouth and I walk like a baby and I said imagine I'm an adult man close to 64 how it would be if I have still booties on a diaper and a Sunday bib <laughs> in the winter maybe a, a, a another hoodie a cap or something and uh, I come in sucking on the dummy or the pacifier everybody's gonna think I'm crazy that's what the world looks like the Christian world because if we were adults in the kingdom, we would change the nature and the atmosphere. Wow. And that's what Jesus did. 
<laughs> now, the disciples had the same experience. Now, 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 this is the awesome story because growing is transitioning. It means another word that I was studying this afternoon. If growing is transitioning, to transit or to transition means surrender. Oh, Jesus. And we hate that word. I want to be in control. I'll show you. I'll, I'll do it my way. It's to surrender my will to God's will. Now, now we're the only thing that God created that must surrender. Animals don't need to. You can control them. <laughs> they don't have a free will to say, I refuse. Man, horses. When I was young, I would jump on little calves and ride them, you know, like <laughs> I don't even know about the Texas people. Or we jump on a horse or on a donkey that never had somebody on its back. Crazy. That's when you break that strong will to surrender to your will. And the only thing, now God is a gentleman in the sense He's not going to hammer you and say, hey, give up your will. He gave his word. So through his word that we can surrender our will to his will. And this is very important because to transition, you are in transitioning but stuck in between two places. Now that's very, you have a prophetic promise. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> the faithful life. And that's why I need to surrender to step into the faith life. And that means the faith life is to do it God's way. Now, Matthew chapter 6. Oh, my word. How much we preach that sermon in January every year uh, to put God first. Now, let me tell you what Matthew is saying. But I'm reading from the Amplified again. And Matthew chapter 633 tells us what it is when you've put God first and seek first. That's what the gospel, the Christian life is about. God always first. In my time, my thoughts, come on, my money, my attitude, because my attitude determines my altitude. If God is not first, I will operate like the heathen. And in the world, what do they do? Why is there so much damage done in the world? And so many riots and murders and all this stuff. Somebody told me the day when the liquor stores open, the people in South Africa spent five million. That's just one outlet. Five million in that group. Now there's many different groups and outlets and private liquor stores, bottle stores. And we Christians complain when we need to give something to God. Five million bucks was spent at that one outlet. It's a shame. We can learn from the world what it is to surrender. They surrender to a different spirit. <laughs> to the white horse and Wumtas. <laughs> and to three cousins and to what's port and all these things. <laughs> they, they, I've seen them stand in line. Listen, to get into the liquor store. Did people line up to watch the broadcasts from services? 
That's why we need to learn something from the world. And then in Matthew 6, Jesus said, But seek and aim at and strive after first of all. First of all means first of all. His kingdom and his righteousness. In brackets, this helped me to understand the scripture. His way of doing and being right. <laughs> how God operates, how God thinks, how God's way of doing things. He says, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides, will be given to you. When I put God's kingdom first and I see God first and I make him my ultimate, my alpha and my omega, everything will be added then unto me. Everything I need, everything I seek, everything I want to do, everything I want to achieve, everything I can have comes through put God first. That's the key word tonight, to grow. Because I need to be a spiritual giant, not a spiritual sluggard, not timid in what I'm doing. Listen, or fearful. Because what God is doing, this is amazing. Everybody start off and Pastor Lee came last year and reveal what's happening. It's a fresh start and a new beginning. It's going to happen in 2020. And we all thought, oh, the 1st of January, blah, 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 blah. And then everybody start running and make plans. <laughs> Kayla said, we, we, we can cancel this year's birthday because we cancel the year. Next year, we, can, <laughs> we have our next birthday. <laughs> I said, man, then every year I want to cancel. Instead of getting older, I would like to get younger. But let me help you. You start off with a word from God, a prophetic promise. And listen, people, and what God's going to do, and everybody excited. You walk with your prophetic promise. And then Corona came. And the lockdown came. And it hit the world. And listen, now the difficult thing is people are stuck. They stuck in between a rock and a hard place, between a promise and reality what's happening. Now we know, uh, we don't deny what's happening. Faith never deny the circumstances, but faith says, I don't need to be part of it. I have the solution. I have the escape. I have the, the word. I have the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. I have the presence of God. I have the word of God. I have the light and the lamp. I can achieve high because I did overcome. I have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Now, this is the thing. When you are feel stuck in a rut, Revival is prophesied. Awakening is prophesied. The great harvest of souls are prophesied. And it fails. Listen. <laughs> I've been knocked down. I cannot get up. I want to tell you. This is time. And I said it during the week. Throw that cloak off of the blind man. Dust yourself off and say, I'm throwing off what tries to hinder me, tries to keep me in bondage. I'm rising up because I have a craving. Who of you have a craving for chocolates, sweets? 
especially when you go on diets. Oh, Lord Jesus. These cravings never attack you. They attack you when you say, now I'm only going to eat vegetables. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> or I'm only going to eat certain meats. Then you never bothered about a steak, but now steak is in front of you and it says, eat me, eat me, eat me. Cream cake. <laughs> when you walk there in Cape Gate, pass Lemnose. <laughs> There's a hand coming out of the cream cake refrigerator or display and it does this and say, come to me, come to me, baby. Eat this chocolate eclair or this milk tart. <laughs> Why? Because you have a craving. We need to crave for the word of God. More than the heisgenoot and the cure <laughs> and the newspapers have a craving as a newborn baby so that you can grow up to that maturity because the accolades and the character and the credentials God gave you, you are a chosen generation, you are chosen, you are a royal priesthood. Come on, somebody. Oh, my word, to set forth his praises. South Africa is a nation that were chosen. The breadbasket of the world, of Africa. The great fire will be ignited in Cape Town. That's the things we need to pray and declare. Hallelujah! That day in the DA when I opened Congress there, the spirit of prophecy came upon me and I said, South Africa is not going to have a breakdown. It's going to have a breakthrough. You're not going under. You're going over. I don't care what the circumstances look God turned Nebuchadnezzar one moment the king, the next moment he walks like a cow <laughs> amongst the cows and eating grass until he repents. <laughs> now that's what God can do. God sets up the government and he takes away. So don't be moved by all these things and what it's time to get the gospel, the only light, the only effective light out there. Now listen, that's why people feel they are stuck. Gustav, you preach all these positive, and people say, how do you stay so positive and so full of energy? I said, the word. It's because of the word. I'm so pumped up every day when I share the word, and then I cannot wait for tomorrow morning's broadcast when I speak about the keys of faith. That's what you need to understand. You cannot, you feel trapped in transition, in between two places, the promise, but lockdown, the promise, but I'm going through battles and storms, and I said this morning, if you anchored on the rock, nothing can move you, not the storm, not the floods, not the rain that tries, the enemy tries to send you away, you're gonna make it, not survival mode, but you're going to come back greater, say greater. Oh, my word, if you're from Armsbury, <laughs> put that, say greater, <laughs> greater than ever before. You think you were power, you're going to be greater. You think you did a lot for God, you're going to do more exploits for God. God used the most interesting people to do the most impeccable things for him. He used a stick in Moses' hand. <laughs> he used a basket so that a man could be pulled out of the Nile River, listen, and grow up in Pharaoh's house. 
become a leader, Le learn qualities. Oh my word, he calls a Joseph that comes out of a pit, prophet in training. <laughs> That's what pit stands for. <laughs> and overnight he becomes the second in charge of the most powerful nation in that time in Egypt. Come on, people. God used a hundred-year-old man, young man, to father a promised son by a 90-year young woman. <laughs> he took five loaves and two fishes to feed the multitudes. He let a disciple, Peter, catch the fish to pay the tax. God is able to do, Ephesians 3.20, the exceedingly, the abundantly, the above, what we ever ask or pray for, for those that believe, according to the power that works in us. You see, that's the thing. That, uh, let, me, let me get to the final points here to help you. Because Jesus' last words was a promise, an instruction. Now, this is very interesting. <laughs> God's promise takes you where nothing else in life can take you. We've seen big companies went bankrupt. We've seen investors went bankrupt. But God's promise never can get bankrupt. God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. That's why, what do we need to preach? I preach the Bible, yes, but we need to preach the kingdom. The Bible is the kingdom. He didn't say preach that. He said preach the kingdom. And what we preach in this time is the kingdom. And the kingdom is at hand. <laughs> Listen, this is important. Jesus' last words in Matthew 28. He says, all authority has been given to me. Heaven and earth, I have that. You go and make disciples of all nations. And he gave them instruction and then he ascended. But before that, he told them, go and wait in the upper room in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. Now, here is a phenomenal story. They have a promise, an instruction. It's all about growing. But that days when they were there was preparation to grow. Now, the frustration was... <laughs> We have the promise, but now the waiting, wait. And, and, and you don't need to wait now. The waiting is the process to prepare you. You decide how you walk on God's time zone and time frame and how you tap into and come in sync with heaven. It's not God delaying. It's we delaying it because until we come in sync with heaven, in other words, like singing in a choir, <laughs> we sing in harmony. When we are in harmony, that release the beautiful sound. The church can be so divided and it's not supposed to be because what do we need to? Display his virtue, display his will. And the moment when we can display it in a unity, we will see the mighty thing happen. Now listen, and here in Acts 1, Jesus is there, and he said, you will receive power, dynamite power, when the Holy Ghost come upon you, and then you'll be my witnesses, my martyrs, people that will uh, give up everything. And then he ascend. Now here they are in the upper room. They stuck in between 
to places. They have a promise, but now they need to wait in an upper room, 120 people. And then Acts 2 came in, a powerful move of God happened. The outpouring came. Now this is phenomenal, because the trapping was preparing them for transition. <laughs> now if you read Acts chapter 3, here John was walking and they came to the temple and a layman was sitting there and he said, Arms, arms, arms! And they looked at him and said, Silver and gold, we have none but what we have, we give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And that man stood up and he started walking. They had a transitioning, a growing experience. And Peter experienced it. That's why he put it down in writing. Because when the outpouring happened, and they heard people speak, and they say, that was about nine o'clock in the morning. And they say, these people are drunk. Think who stood up, the same defeated, I don't know who he is, I'm not part of that, I'm telling you, and <laughs> he fulfilled Jesus' prophecy at a time, he said, may God forhinder it, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Wow, <laughs> it was Satan speaking through Peter. <laughs> Listen, that same Peter stood up, because he had to go through transition. Remember when he was catching fish and Jesus appeared and then he swam, dive in and then Jesus was making a fish and, and then he said, do you love me? Wow. He asked him three times and every time Peter said, you know I love you. And then Jesus said, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. And Peter got upset because Jesus was preparing him for something greater than what he was. He saw all the miracles. Now they had to operate as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, to display the virtues and to declare the powerful gospel of Jesus. He's the man that stood up and said, Hey, these people are not drunk. This was what Joel prophesied in the last days, God said. And he laid out everything, God's way of doing things. You think it's a stuck. You think it's a delay. You think it's a waiting. No, it's a preparing to get in God's way of doing things. We're not the house you live in, the car you drive, and the money you have is no longer an idol or more important than any, or the status or the nice buildings we have or the church we but where your relationship with God to come in perfect will of God because what's important, time and the place for God in your life. And Jacob came to the place. That's where he laid his head and he saw the open heaven and the ladder and the angels ascend and descend. And when he woke up, he said, this is none other than a house of God and a gateway to heaven. God's got a place. And Jesus came to the place, Golgotha. <laughs> and they were in the upper room, the place, and in the fullness of time. So two things important, the place and time. That's why you cannot waste time, redeem the time. But he preached that message, 
And then the people heard them and said, What must we do to be saved? In Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized so that you can receive the power of the Holy Ghost. And 3,000 people came to the Lord. And then another 5,000 came to the Lord. That's 8,120 disciples. And then when you read the book of Acts, that's the first century church that must come visible and rise up in the 21st century world. Not this nonsense that's going on. Who's who in the charismatic zoo? I'm better than you. No, 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 that nonsense must stop. In Zimbabwe, when the people were fighting the church and to take over the country, the time with Ian Smith, Mugabe's group, Instead of the church rising up and be a voice, they were fighting each other. Fear got hold of them. I knew a lady. I had a friend. He was uh, uh, um, working with animals and stuff. His sister died of fear. So many people died of fear and of stress and stuff because they lost so much instead of standing up and be the voice. We refuse that South Africa will go that way. You hear me. I'm talking here out of a living room with four people around me. <laughs> South Africa, you are part of this chosen generation that God wants to do in this nation and show the nations. Lanzal said the prophecy that went out that God's going to show the world how all races is going to live together in harmony. <laughs> that we won't say, you know him. <laughs> oh, she... <laughs> No, we love you with the love of the Lord. We're one in Christ. There's no Jew and, 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 and slave and freeman and heathen. We're one in Christ. And we're going to be the, the example, the mirror for the world to know how we did it by the grace of God. Now listen, transition is to do it God's way. And this is what happened. <laughs> They didn't realize it was time for preparation, for transformation, to go into activation. And that means to grow. If you grow, it's a sign you're healthy. You cannot walk with unforgiveness, bitterness, and hatred. And that's what people, immature people do. And they keep things of the past for years. They like the man at the pool. He was there 38 years, but for 38 years he was trapped. Because when Jesus asked him, do you want to get healed? He said, every time, didn't, Jesus didn't ask him about the angel stirring the water. He said, every time when the angel stir the water, somebody, you, 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 you are entrapped because you keep things back of the past. People told me, said, this revival that we have, have is not God's revival because in Nikki's time it happened that way. Why isn't it? Why doesn't the woman wear hats? Why do they wear makeup now? That was the revival in the 80s. We're not there. I was there. And some of you listening, we were there. Then there was more revivals and, and, and we flew to the Pensacola. We drove there from Baton Rouge in September 96 and we were, uh, Vian and J uh, Jason and myself with David flew in a private plane uh, to, uh, to Lakeland for that revival. That's over. It's done. 
We had a phenomenal move of God here since 2013. But now it's time for the love revolution. And it's going to happen when we grow up and have a desire, a craving to have more of the word of God. Not somebody else's revelation. What is God saying? What God said and what Jesus said in Matthew 28 is still foundational. It's a faith action. One morning earlier, I came in the kitchen a few years ago and I heard the audible voice of God speaking. He said, the greatest enemy to any assignment, to any instruction is effort. If things becomes an effort in your life, an effort to worship, effort to read, effort to pray, effort to go, effort to witness, effort to give. He said, that's the greatest enemy. It will kill the divine purpose God has for your life and will put things on delay. Get that effort thing out. Moite is the Afrikaans word. And start doing with joy. Oh, the joy of the Lord. I do it because I'm happy to do it. Now let me finish with the word. Listen, it's to fulfill growing. Means there's six divine eternal purposes that God saved us, why Jesus came, why God sent his son, Jesus God manifest in the flesh. Six eternal purposes and now more I meditate on it how more I realize people get off track. And sometimes we were off track and we had to get back on track. Just fulfilling and living out these phenomenal six instructions, six purposes. And it's not difficult. It's very easy if you understand that. Because everything God did was with a divine purpose. And that's why growing up is important. Growing. It's mature people that understand everything in this world is just temporary. Oh, my word. But I cannot be so heavenly minded now that I'm earthly no good. <laughs> I cannot just sit and say, uh, when they predict the, the, the coming of the Lord, people went and gave their furniture to and house to poor people put white robes on the husband, wife, and children, sit there in a little bench in a park there in Henneman in the free state and wait now. And many people sell their businesses, debt stuff, make debt. They go in debt. And when Jesus didn't come and what was it, the September the 21st, they predict people jump off buildings in Korea, families commit suicide because of stupidity. I can tell you right now, Jesus is not coming this year. Oh, Gustav, everybody say, no, no, no. Do you know how many tribes has not been heard about Jesus still in this modern age that we live in? They haven't seen a missionary yet. And maybe you're that person. So Jesus, the gospel must be preached until the end of the world, until everybody heard the word. That's why you feel stuck. People are looking for uh, the fire escape. That's why they talk about the rapture and the trumpet's going to sound and now any time. I say, man, there's a great awakening that comes that we get the harvest in. Because if Jesus comes now, the bride of Christ has colors in her hair, false eyelashes that hang, that's not stick. She's in a gown, 
Uncle Don Leonard said, she's got varicose veins like hose pipes behind her legs. She's in a terrible state. He's coming for a bride that's perfect and beautiful. Oh, every bride that I've seen is beautiful. Uh, listen, and that's what Jesus is coming. So what would do I, my parties? Grow up! Shout it there where you're sitting. Say, grow up, I need to grow up. Don't let pressure and circumstances pull you down and hinder your growth. Have a craving for the word. Now let me get into this. Now to fulfill the six purposes, it means I'm going to live Matthew 6, 33 and 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to live it out from verse 1 to 10 and every scripture in the Bible. I'm going to live out what we preached this morning, bold, hearing and doing. And then I'm going to be the model, living the model of Christ. Jesus modeled what we need to live. Now I've learned and I've been many years, saved 51 years, and I grew up in the Pentecostals and I've been charismatic, cruisomatic, what crazymatic, what you want to call it. And nowadays people need the blood and crutches, the blood and a walking ring, the blood and a cane, a spiritual cane. Now, they, the, the blood and put me in a wheelchair because they need all these aids and that's where they get in error. While the word of God is just simple. If you follow these and you model them, you need to model. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Immediately in Acts chapter 2, 42, they model these six things. And I'm going to tell you what they are because people grew in what the apostles teach, and they teach the message of Jesus, him crucified, resurrected, and their position. Number one, I must love God with all of my heart. That's what we call the great commandment. Attorney came to Jesus and said, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, with everything. That means, first, I need to be a God lover. I cannot love him half-heartedly. That means worship. I was created for his pleasure. And worship doesn't mean amazing grace. Oh, we, we all, when we all get to hell, that doesn't mean singing and I love you, Lord. That's not only what worship is. God is looking for worshipers, uh, a life that flow, everything I do is worship. Present your body as a living sacrifice unto him. My, my love is worship. My testifying is worship. My, my mingling with the church is, is worship. <laughs> when the church opened, going to the, uh, the, the gathering of is worship. Giving us everything I do. It starts with love God with all of your heart. Then you will not be stuck. Then you're busy in the process. Come on, people. Then everything God asked for you to do is easy. When you're a lover, it's only lovers who give themselves and who give away everything. Number two, and he says in that same thing, he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. Wow, what is God doing in the lockdown time? He's teaching us to start loving ourselves and stop 
accusing yourself, I'm a miserable thing. I'm never going to make it. I'm so depressed. I'm so miserable. He said, she said, they said, I'm never going to make it. They said that's all what there is and things is going to get worse and there's going to be a bloodbath and they're going to murder you all the time. Stop that. Start loving yourself. And loving yourself doesn't mean I'm self-centered or I'm just living for myself. It means I love myself because I am the vessel of God, the temple of God. I'm the heir of God. I'm the joint heir. I'm not going to criticize myself and allow criticism to influence my life. Love God and love people. That's the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. That means <laughs> when I love myself, I will do ministry. I will love people. And because I have the solution not to go to hell, not to go through storms and <clears throat> not to only be survivors, but how to make it and be more powerful. Ministry helps people. That's what min ministry is not. You crown me as the head of something. No, no. People ask me, what are you doing for? I'm a learner. Who are you in Lofdal? I'm just a janitor. <laughs> Because who I am doesn't matter. I don't need a special seat and 20 bodyguards. And I, I don't need that. I need to minister to people. It's how I love myself that I will love other people. <laughs> the third thing, the third model, go and make disciples. Jesus' last words, you'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses. Matthew says, go and make disciples of all nations. Here you see again, God has called you for the nations. This is all what life is. No, 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 no. The reason that you're under attack is because the enemy is afraid that you will live out these six powerful things. Model the nature of Christ. This is what it is. To love God, he says that they can seem God, make us one so that they can see we are, me and the Father are one. Love God. Love God. Love people. And then, go and make disciples. Ministry. Well, nobody made me a pastor. Nobody anoint me. Nobody lay hands. No, when you gave your heart to the Lord, he gave you the greatest ministry to make disciples, the ministry of reconciliation, to reconcile people back to God. Listen. That because you are his ambassador. Number four, baptize them. Baptize them. That means bring them into fellowship. We are baptized into Christ. Through baptism, it says we are one. We are part of this great family, part of the family of God. That's why Lovedal is not a church. You belong to that church with that crazy pastor. No, we're not a church. We have family because we're part of the family of God. The family who is the church of God. You need to be part of the family. Come on, somebody. That's why Jesus said, baptize them. Be part of in fellowship. It's not two fellows in a ship. It's we are part of a many-member body. That's why Peter said, you are living stones. Let you be built up to the house of God as a living stone. Number five. Teach them. 
discipleship. Teach them. You cannot only just minister to them or baptize them. You need to teach them. Make them true disciples. Make them disciples. Come on, somebody. It's to become Christ-like. That's what a disciple is, a learner. Who's the person that's discipling you so that you can disciple other people? Jesus came and he modeled discipleship. That's why he called his 12 disciples. <laughs> then he gave them the instruction to make disciples. That's why Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> you need to make disciples and be a disciple maker. Teach them. And this, most people just stop there and say there's only five. But we miss the sixth one because this is the strong stones built in my foundation because this operate all by faith. Pray. Prayer. Prayer. Because prayer is to be the watchman on the wall in the book of Ezekiel. I was looking for somebody to stand on the wall who will protect and stand in between. And the sad thing the prophet said, God said, I couldn't find anyone. Now that's where, what's the first thing you neglect when you go through something? Is prayer. Not reading the word. You stop praying. And when you stop praying, you're only as strong as your prayer life is. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power, but a lot of prayer. And we've got powerful, they are listening tonight, powerful watchmen and watchwomen on the walls. Prayer is the thing that needs to come back. The fervent prayer, listen, of the righteous will have a great impact because we're going to pray this thing out of this country, out of the world. We're going to pray prayer as Jesus prayed. The disciples came and they didn't say, teach us how to preach, teach us how to use the gifts, teach us how to heal the sick. They say, teach us how to pray. And then Jesus taught them that our Father which art in heaven, taught them about forgiveness, taught them about let thy kingdom come. That's the message, let thy kingdom come. As it is in heaven, let it manifest on the earth. We need to be kingdom manifestors. And it only happened when I model what Jesus modeled, to love God with all of my heart, to be a worshiper, to love my neighbor as myself. Jesus paid the price for his neighbor. That's why he was in ministry, to go and make disciples. That's what he did. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the evangelism. There he was a powerful evangelist. That means I'm ambassador. I go and tell them. Well, God has just anointed certain people. No! If you gave your heart to Jesus, you ambassador. You are an evangelist. You need to tell other people. Baptize them. They baptize. Caleb baptized people here in the swimming pool. And then this precious lady, she, she changed address. She lives in heaven. Then her daughter baptized her in the bath. Isn't that phenomenal? What God can do, baptize them. Teach them discipleship. And then pray. Model what Jesus modeled. And when you can model that, 
you realize I'm no longer going to feel I'm stuck in between two places. I am in transition. Transition from the old wineskin into a new one, doing it God's way, so that I can grow, I can sow, and I can go. Growing up into maturity. No longer stuck at that childish thing, childish things, but be a mature to love as God love, do as God wants me to do, be a co-laborer with God, work with God. It's because people try and pastors try and ministers try, my heart is for leaders also. They try to do it their way and somebody else, no, I've tried that when there's one new thing, then we all run that. No, stop that, do it God's way. He modeled these six things. And because he modeled it, you could see the outcome. How many millions of Christians, billions are on the face of the earth because of one man model the father heart. And he asked us to model what he modeled. If you're that person tonight to say, Gustav, I heard the word of God. Christianity is more than just pitch up at a church service. Everybody's relationship are tested now with what God is doing through you. And he, 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 want, he doesn't want to do everything he did. He did it for you. That's why you have the keys of the kingdom. <laughs> At a time, people have lost the keys. What you bound on earth will be declared already bound in heaven. What's already declared bound there. When you use the key here, it will be already declared here. What you loose on earth, that which is already loosed in heaven, will be loosed. You have the key. Say, I have the key. Oh, Jesus. And use it. Use what you have, that we can have what we want. And that's Jesus' example. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and if you accept him or make a new daddy, send it. Send us that text message. Send us the information and say, tonight, that's all what you need to say because we want to help you to grow in that powerful giant. Tonight, on July the 12th, I made a recommitment or I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ by praying, say, Lord Jesus, I heard the word of the Lord. And your word is the everlasting, the final authority on the face of the earth. It's not good works, Lord. Faith has works, but it's not good works only. It's I need to be transformed from the old person into the new, to become a new creature in Christ, ambassador, and operate in the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus, I call upon your name. Forgive me my sins and wash me in the blood and put my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, that I have accepted you as my Lord and Savior in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Hallelujah. If you need a miracle tonight, phone somebody, put the phone at the ear and say, hear the word of the Lord. There's coming a prayer that's going to heal you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you paid for every sickness and every disease from the top of our heads till the soles of our feet. We speak the word of God. By his stripes we have been made whole. By his stripes we are healed. Lay your hands on somebody that's close by that's sick and pray or anoint a handkerchief and send it to the person if they're not in reach of a phone right now. 
you need financial breakthrough, say, my God, we prayed this morning, I am a giver, I'm a sower. Oh, my word, it's not how much I give, it's how much I have left over what Jesus looks at. The boy gave his five loaves, two fishes, and he went home with 12 baskets of leftovers. So much more than what he gave. Come on, somebody. The widow of Zarephath gave a handful of flour, a little bit of oil. She ended up with an oil well. She was better than Texas oil. <laughs> BP and engine and uh, total. Come on, and Caltex and Sassol. Because for three years she had an oil well in her home. And the grain never stopped. So God gave. She didn't even, what she sowed was a handful and God gave her a grain mill in her home to take care of the people of God and her household. Come on, people. There's testimonies out. And Isaac sowed in the time of famine. And God blessed him a hundred times more that the Philistines envied him. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Do the, the word. Act on the word. And you will have the results of the word. Make a quality decision. And I'm closing really now. Say, God, I'm going to live out, I pray from this night to the word of God. I'm going to model what you've modeled. These six powerful things of being a worshiper, being in ministry, being an evangelist, being part of a family. Come on, people, being sent with a mission, making disciples and being a prayer watchman on the walls. It's not just praying. It's praying effective. The word of God. And we'll ask maybe Lanzaldek Sunday night to teach on the prayer that we can have all these keys and how to pray so effective in life. And all our pastors, Pastor Jeff and his wife, Adele and Pastor Sean and Sadi and Pastor Ulrich and uh, Norita and uh, uh, Pastor Debbie and, oh my word, Pastor Yakun, Pastor Natasha, Pastor Lancel and uh, Pastor Siva and uh, Pastor Patrick and Pastor uh, Deba, uh, Beverly. Oh my word, all these pastors we have. Pastor Susie Sice and Uncle Willie. All these powerful pastors we have have loved on a pastor Leany. They paid high prices. All the disciple makers. Oh my word, you valuable, you precious. All our satellite churches pastors, our overseas pastors we have. Listen, model what Jesus model, and you are guaranteed. You're going to be more powerful. And read Acts chapter 2 from verse 42 until the end of that chapter. And you will see they modeled all six things by loving God, loving people, sharing the word, being part of the family, and they prayed, hallelujah, and made disciples in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm Gustav de Toy from Lofton International, here out of the Western Cape, South Africa. We love you and God bless you until tomorrow at 11 or just after 11. For five to ten minutes, the keys of faith. God bless you. Let us know if this word help you to prosper in your spirit man and in your natural life. God bless you and we love you.